it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 24 hours after Revolution, it is your Monday Night Raw review. A very eventful edition of Raw tonight, but we have to... I don't want to bury the lead, so I suppose before I start getting questions about this, we should lead with Vince McMahon. Because you're going to be hearing Vince McMahon's name mentioned a lot in the next day or so. Because Vince McMahon, everybody, was spotted in Boston. He was backstage, at least earlier in the day. I don't know if he was there during the show, but Vince McMahon was backstage on Monday Night Raw for the first time since July. And, of course, that scares a lot of people. What is he doing back three weeks before WrestleMania? Sean Ross of Fightful says that everything he has heard thus far indicates that people at WWE believe that Vince McMahon was at the show tonight to visit John Cena, who was the big guest of honor tonight. He has visited Cena multiple times outside of WWE over the past year. And I remember TMZ ambushing uh, all of them. Vince McMahon was out for a birthday dinner last August. John Cena and his wife were spotted coming out of the restaurant after Vince and his, I guess, girlfriend. I don't know. It was some woman who wasn't Linda. I know that. But, yeah, he had invited Cena out for his birthday. Brock Lesnar was there, The Undertaker, Pat McAfee. They had the whole gang there for Vince's birthday. Uh, So, yes, apparently the two of them are very close. But, look, you cannot fault people. When you hear that Vince McMahon is back behind the scenes for the first time since July, when he left in disgrace, and we're, again, three weeks away from the biggest show of the year. We were just talking about the Brock Lesnar Omos stuff last week, which just reeks of Vince McMahon. Uh, You know, people have a reason to be concerned about that. But right now, it looks like the reason he was there was to uh, say hi to his old pal, John Cena, who he loves so much. He made so much money. Off of all of those t-shirts, there's one on your screen right there. So, again, that's the update on Vince McMahon before you start hearing all kinds of uh, stories and freaking out and worrying. Apparently, that is why he was at the show tonight. If you were looking for great wrestling here on this three-hour episode of Monday Night Raw, you are not going to find any because there was none. There is not a single match on this show that I would tell you if you'd missed the show to go out of your way to make sure you watch. Not one single match. But that's not what tonight's show is about. Tonight's show is not about that. Tonight's show is about moving the key stories forward for WrestleMania. And to that end, it accomplished its goal. It was a very eventful episode of Raw. There was a lot of star power on the show tonight. Uh, It was not a great show. Because really, outside of what I thought was a fantastic closing angle, And the John Cena segment, which came, uh, I believe it was at the top of the 10 p.m. hour. Outside of those two things, there was not a lot of great stuff on this show. So I will not sit here and tell you this was a great episode of Monday Night Raw. No, it was a very eventful episode. It held my interest uh, more than the show uh, did last week. And the good stuff was really good. And so for that reason, I I would go thumbs up. 
The key was the bloodline story, which of course has been the key story now for months. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens each had matches on this show against members of the bloodline. Sami Zayn was in the main event against Jimmy Uso. And Jimmy was still waiting for his brother to come on back and come on home, because if not, Roman Reigns was going to hold him personally responsible this Friday on SmackDown. Roman was not on the show tonight. But guess who was? Jay Uso, who came out and actually cost his brother, inadvertently or otherwise, he cost his brother the main event against Sami Zayn. And then came the big angle at the very end where it looked like Jey Uso, was, he embraced Sami Zayn, it looked like he had made his choice. And he put his finger way up in the air, right? Sami Zayn puts his finger up in the air. And you could tell, just based on the distance that there was between the two of them, you could see what was about to happen. Everybody except Sami Zayn could see it. And he got kicked right in the mush. And Jey Uso said, you thought I was going to pick you over family? And then came the beatdown. Jimmy J. Solo, until Cody Rhodes came to the rescue to chase them off. No Kevin Owens, because Kevin Owens made it very clear to Sammy on this show, I don't want to have anything to do with you. He is a stubborn son of a bitch. And KO is standing his ground that he does not want to have anything to do with Sami Zayn. That story has yet to play itself out, although I think after what we saw at the end of the show, and, and given Cody's involvement, do wonder if Cody is going to end up playing Peacemaker, and Cody is going to be the one, perhaps, who helps bring the two of them together. But Cody is as much a part of this story now as anybody, because Cody is the one challenging Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. So that's why we saw Cody Rhodes at the end of this show. But I thought it was a fantastic angle. They took their time with it, they dragged it out. Yes, they could have done this at Elimination Chamber, but again, they had five or six weeks left of television, and it made sense for them to kill some time, shoot the angle on TV, And we still have a few weeks left. We still have to wait and see how they're going to get to that tag team title match. Uh, But I thought what they did tonight there at the end of the show was excellent. Now, we also had three WrestleMania matches made official tonight on this show. We had, of course, the big promotion was the return of John Cena in Boston. He flew back from Australia where he's been filming a movie. And we didn't know what he was going to be doing, although Austin Theory did mention that he was going to confront Cena. So it was pretty well known what was going to happen here. Cena didn't even get a word in before Austin Theory came out. And what followed was quite the <laughs> was quite the destruction, quite the verbal destruction on the microphone. I have not seen somebody roasted this badly in a very long time. That That young man has third-degree burns, that he is going to have to go to uh, Boston Medical or whatever the local medical facility is to go get skin grafts after what happened to him in that ring tonight. But after watching what happened in that ring tonight, there is no doubt in my mind now about who is walking out of WrestleMania the winner. Because I wasn't sure. I didn't know if the title was going to be on the line. Now we know it will be. The United States Championship is going to be on the line. John Cena against Austin Theory at WrestleMania. And so I didn't know if it was going to be a title match. And yeah, I even floated the idea that, hey, you know, John Cena wins the U.S. title. Everybody thinks he's going to have another run with it. And then the next night, or if it's night one, two nights later, on Monday Night Raw, you want to debut a big new name? What a hell of a way to debut Jay White, right? In the open challenge, he comes out, he beats John Cena. And I still like that idea. But there is no way, there is no way, 
after what we saw tonight, after the after the verbal lashing that John Cena gave Austin Theory, that there can be any outcome to this match other than Austin Theory beating John Cena. There is absolutely no way that this man should be going into WrestleMania and doing anything other than beating John Cena. Now it is clear. It is clear what WWE must do now with Austin Theory if they want to anoint him, basically, as their next John Cena, which I think long-term, that's always been the plan. I think they see in Austin Theory a New Age version of John Cena. And in order to do that, it's pretty obvious what has to happen now at WrestleMania. Logan Paul was on the show tonight. He was here to confront Seth Rollins. And so that match has now been made official as well for WrestleMania. And, yeah, a lot of people have different opinions about Logan Paul. He's a jerk. He's an asshole. He's, you know, a a crypto scammer. All, All these different things you could say about the guy. But the one thing is, he does not miss. And every single time that we have seen him in a match so far, big pay-per-view match, he delivers. This match at WrestleMania, now that it's been made official, we now know, we don't know which night, but it'll be Rollins and and, uh, Logan Paul one-on-one, I think could very well end up being the show stealer, depending on which night it goes on. That is going to be an excellent match. So they had their first face-to-face confrontation tonight. And we finally have sorted out the situation with the women because, you know, we didn't know if the women's tag team titles would be defended at WrestleMania. Where, where does Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler stand on the card? Now we know it will be a six-woman tag. It will be Becky, it will be Lita, and it will be Trish Stratus returning to the ring to take on all three members of Damage Control. So those three matches were made official tonight. I, I told you a few days ago, I said this week, tonight and this Friday, this week is going to be the key week, the pivotal week in painting a picture of what the remaining WrestleMania card is going to look like and pushing through these big stories, as we saw with the Bloodline tonight. This was only one night. We still have SmackDown on Friday. But I I told you this was going to be the big week because they're running out of time. But it just felt to me like this. And I, you know, even Friday, I think Ray and Dom, I think that payoff you know, might be coming this Friday. So we'll see. So like I said, a very eventful episode, which we will... Uh, get into here. This is your Monday Night Raw review here for Monday, March 6, 2023. I am the Solomonster, but you already knew that because you see it right there on your screen. Let's get into it here. Raw tonight opened with footage from earlier in the day of an SUV arriving backstage. We saw Solo Sokoa, Jimmy Uso, and Paul Heyman uh, exit the car, and Heyman mentioned that Roman Reigns told Jimmy if he doesn't solve this Sami Zayn problem, uh, which he failed to do on SmackDown, he was going to hold him personally responsible. So if Jey Uso didn't come back, or if Jey Uso you know, chose not to uh, side with the bloodline, he was going to hold Jimmy responsible for uh, that decision. Heyman said Solo Sokoa would solve the KO problem tonight, and Jimmy would solve the Sami Zayn problem in the main event. Solo and Jimmy walked off, and Paul Heyman is so lazy that instead of actually dialing the number for Roman Reigns, he told his phone to call Roman Reigns. And uh, we don't know the substance of that conversation because they cut away, but that is how the show opened. We then went right into the opening match, which was Kevin Owens one-on-one against Solo Sokoa. Jimmy Uso was out there. He was running interference here in this match. 
Owens looked like he had the match won after a cannonball senton off the top. And so Jimmy ran in to break up the pinfall. That caused the disqualification. And right away, the fans began chanting for Sami Zayn. They were looking around. They were wondering if Sami and his hoodie was going to come out of the crowd. Right? They wanted to see Sami. So the bloodline was about to put Owens through the announce table outside. Solo was about to do a running splash through the table. When Sammy sprinted out, he attacked both members of the bloodline. He grabbed a chair. He swung at them. Uh, they got away. And then Zayn got into the ring, and he offered his hand to Kevin Owens, who was down in the corner. And Kevin Owens stared at him and looked up at him. Of course, the people wanted him to accept his uh, kind gesture. And instead of accepting, Owens rolled out of the ring, and the crowd booed. And with Sammy having a match, we knew he was going to be in the main event later in the show. Uh, You had to think that Kevin Owens was going to come out, have a change of heart, and he was going to repay Sammy in the way that Sammy, you know, came out and gave him the assist here. That did not happen. And not only did that not happen, but we had a segment in the back a little bit later on. Sammy is walking, and he comes upon Kevin Owens, who is in the back sitting on top of one of the equipment cases. And he said, look, just listen to me this one time. He says, as you can tell, you can't take down the bloodline by yourself. I've tried to. I can't take down the bloodline by myself. We don't have to be best friends or anything like that. But together, we could take them out once and for all. He goes, I used to be part of the bloodline, so I know you know, all about these guys. And Owens cut him off and said, oh, I'm well aware. I'm well aware of the fact that you were part of the bloodline. I've been fighting the bloodline for eight months. And it was in this very building that you basically planted your flag in the ground for the bloodline, and you cost me, which was a reference to Survivor Series, which was back in that very building. In the TD Garden Arena in Boston back in November, they had the War Games match. And Kevin Owens had Roman Reigns dead to rights in the War Games match. And remember, as the referee was about to count three, it was Sami Zayn who reached up and grabbed the referee's hand. I look like Baron Von Raschke now. But he grabbed his arm and prevented him from counting the three. And so Kevin Owens has not forgotten that. I like that little callback to Survivor Series. Owens told him, look, why don't you go back to Roman? Just apologize. I'm sure he'll take you back. Go back to Roman, and then you can get the validation that you were looking for. He goes, just leave me out of it. So he continues to not want to have anything to do with Sami Zayn. He is uh, a very stubborn man. He is uh, standing his ground. And he would not come out later on in the show. Even though people were waiting for him and expecting him, he stuck to his guns, and he did not come out to help Sami. So... The story continues. They're they're making you wait for it. They're dangling that little carrot. They're making you wait for it. They're telling a story and they're taking their time. They don't appear to be in any great rush. Because we all know where this is going. We don't know how. We don't know exactly when or which episode, but it was not on tonight's show. And it didn't have to be. Didn't have to be because we already had another huge bloodline angle at the end of the show tonight. They can save the Kevin Owens stuff for Friday. They could save it for next Monday. Didn't have to be tonight. They replayed Bobby Lashley's trip to SmackDown on Friday to confront Bray Wyatt 
but he was attacked by Uncle Howdy instead. And then he put Howdy down with the Spine Buster, so they replayed all that stuff. They come back live, and Bobby was in the back just looking into the camera for a promo to address Bray Wyatt. He said that, uh, I thought coming to your home would provoke you to do something and to face me, but instead you sent a man in a mask to do your dirty work for you. So he wanted to know what it was going to take for Bray to face him like a man. And they flashed the uh, Wyatt logo on a screen behind Lashley, so Lashley couldn't see it. But they flashed the Wyatt logo uh, behind Lashley as he spoke. And then nothing happened. Which is basically the story of Bray Wyatt's entire existence since coming back in October. Nothing happened. Think about all of the stories that they set up or they continued on the show tonight. The Bloodline stuff, Cena and Theory, Rollins and Logan Paul, the women's segment later on in the night. Right? They set up a whole bunch of different things and teased a whole bunch of different things for WrestleMania. And yet the Wyatt stuff, Bray Wyatt has a match at WrestleMania with Bobby Lashley. Now I ask you, are you excited for this match? Are you looking forward to this match? What is the story of this match? Why did Bray Wyatt call out Bobby Lashley and or Brock Lesnar? I I would hope Friday maybe we'll get our answer. I would think the answer is forthcoming, but... Uh, If you were waiting for some sort of explanation or some sort of action or something involving this tonight, you did not get that. Absolutely nothing happened. We have Bianca Belair, one-on-one against Carmella, with Chelsea Green in her corner. They are BFFs now. They're still trying to get themselves added to the Raw Women's title match at WrestleMania. Uh, They were together in the back, actually, before this match. Uh, Chelsea and Carmella were in the back, and they were bad-mouthing Adam Pearce without realizing that Adam Pearce was standing right behind them in the shadows. So uh, they didn't realize that. Uh, It was a win here for Bianca with the KOD. Chelsea attacked her after the match, and they double-teamed the champion until Asuka made the save. But this was not murder clown Asuka. This was just regular Asuka. She was dressed really nicely, but she was in her street clothes. I think she was wearing heels because she couldn't run to the ring. So Asuka was in the ring. She went to go spit the blue. They said blue mist. It kind of looked like bluish green, but we'll call it blue. She went to spit the blue mist in Carmella's face. Carmella ducked, and she hit Chelsea in the face with the mist instead. And, Ch- and Chelsea sold this great. She uh, She oversold it, but it was great. And Carmella helped her out of the ring while Bianca and Asuka, they very awkwardly stood there pointing up and looking up at the WrestleMania sign. So we are getting uh, Bianca one-on-one with Chelsea. That's going to be the match on television next week. I I like the Chelsea and Carmella pairing. I actually think the two of them, they, they go well together. I like that pairing, and I think coming out of WrestleMania, you could keep them together and they could challenge for the women's tag team titles. But I am still not feeling this, you know, this this uh, promotion here for Asuka and Bianca. I don't know. It's just, you know, I, I'm sure they'll have a good match, but I don't know. It's just sort of, it's just there. There's nothing, there's nothing pulling me in to where I am saying, oh, wow, that's one of the matches I am most looking forward to on the WrestleMania card. They come out every week, and Asuka is spitting mist in, in people's, different people's faces. 
You know, she's the murder clown now, but she acts no differently than she did before she was the murder clown. And most of their segments are just them in the ring staring at each other and then staring at the rest. There it is. Staring at the WrestleMania sign or pointing at the WrestleMania sign. That's it. That's all this is so far. So kind of uh, kind of weak. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Next up was a Miz TV segment. With Miz bringing out Logan Paul and Seth Rollins for a face-to-face confrontation. Rollins was out there with a jacket on looking like a candy cane. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I could say that every week about Rollins, you know, as far as I don't know what uh, what he's wearing exactly, but he looked like a candy cane to me. So the fans would not stop singing Seth's song, so Logan told them to shut up because we got a time limit here. Logan called him a clown that he eliminated from the Royal Rumble. He said he accomplished in one year what it took Seth 20 years to do. He said he's on his way uh, he's on his way in, and Seth is on his way out. He said, Seth, if I were you, I wouldn't like me either. And at this point in the promo, the crowd started a fuck you Logan chant. Very appropriate. Very clear that WWE turned down the crowd noise. They they turned the crowd volume way down. Way down. But you can still hear it though. They didn't they didn't bleep it. They didn't totally censor it. You could still hear them saying, fuck you, Logan, but boy, did they turn that crowd volume down, man? It was uh, very obvious. Rollins called him a human dumpster fire and said Boston came here tonight to see him get his pound of flesh. And the time for talk is over. It's time to fight. Miz said that it was his job as the moderator to make sure they don't fight tonight. Logan told Miz, hey, you know, don't put words in my mouth. Don't talk for me. If I want to fight, then I'm going to fight. But guess what? I don't want to fight. And he said that he doesn't fight for free. He's a premium act. He's not going to fight for free in Boston, of all places. However, if the stage was bigger and if the money were bigger, and he looked up at the WrestleMania sign when he said this, he said he would consider it. And Miz reminded him that he's the host of WrestleMania this year, and it just so happens that he has the power to make that match happen. And Seth Rollins looked at him and said, really, you can you can make that match happen? He goes, you can go back there and pull some strings? He goes, well, what are you waiting for, Mike? Let's go. And he threw Miz out of the ring. 
turned around. He charged at Logan, tackled him into the corner. Miz came back in the ring and pulled Rollins off. Rollins super kicked Miz. And when Rollins turned around, uh, Logan hit him with a knockout shot. One punch. And Rollins fell down face first, flat on his face. He was knocked out cold. And Logan took the microphone and told Seth, when you wake up, let me know about WrestleMania. And he said, uh, oh, one more thing. Bye-bye, bitch. Which is the same thing Rollins said to him at the end of their phone call last week before he hung up on him. So uh, with that, Logan Paul took his leave. Heal, heal Logan Paul. It just feels right, right? I mean, I, I've talked about this before. This man is a natural-born heel. People just do not like him. It's very easy to hate him. It's He's got a very punchable face. So heal Logan Paul is the right way to go. And we found out later on the match is official. We're not going to have to wait. They just put the graphic up and said it's official. So WrestleMania, it will be Seth Rollins one-on-one with Logan Paul. And as I said at the beginning of the stream, I think the two of them could very well steal the show, depending on which night they go on. Uh, that could be the the match of the night. Logan Paul, whatever you think about him, Logan Paul has not missed since wrestling for the first time last year. He did a tag team match. He had a singles match with The Miz that was better than it had any right to be given his level of experience. And then he's in Saudi Arabia wrestling for the championship against Roman Reigns, and they had an excellent match. In fact, if you were to line up all the Roman Reigns championship matches of his run, the Logan Paul match would be pretty high up on that list. In fact, the Logan Paul match is better than all but one of the matches that Roman Reigns had with Brock Lesnar. So his resume so far is short, but it's very impressive. And this could be the best match he's had in his entire career now against Seth Rollins, right? We know what Seth is capable of. We know Seth can go in there and have a kick-ass match. So this automatically now that it's official is one of the matches I'm most looking forward to seeing at WrestleMania. I think these two are going to go in there. I think they're going to tear it up. On the opposite side of that, we go from a match that I'm sure will tear it up to a match that, if I were to write it out on a piece of paper, I would like to tear up the piece of paper. We had Omas. Omas ready to show Dolph Ziggler what he is going to do to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And Dolph could uh, thank Mustafa Ali for making this match tonight. They're trying something different now with Ali. Ali has gone through a number of transformations to his character on WWE television over these past several years. He's gone from babyface to heel to babyface to heel. Now he's I guess you know, he's a heel now, I guess. Uh, yeah, the retribution thing, and then whatever came after retribution, and then he came up with his own gimmick that WWE ended up not doing. So now, you know, we have him where he's acting overly positive, like over-the-top positive, and he's dressing oddly. He's kind of he's kind of jacking Seth Rollins. Well, his a gimmick. <laughs> he's phrasing. He's he's jacking Seth Rollins' gimmick here. You know, he's walking around with the crazy jacket and everything, and so that's his new gimmick now. He was in the front row during this match, holding up a sign. He was kind of sarcastically cheering on, you know, Dolph. 
And uh, Omos killed Ziggler with a tree slam and pinned him. I mean, if this went 60 seconds, I would be, I would be shocked if this went 60 seconds. Uh, after the match, MVP told Brock Lesnar that he should have never put his hands on him because he gives him his word that Omos is going to tame the beast at WrestleMania. Going to be a quick night for Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania this year. He'll be back in Saskatchewan before Roman Reigns even finishes his entrance. Before Roman Reigns even hits the ring and puts his finger in the air, Brock Lesnar will be back home making uh, love to his wife for four or five hours, right? Isn't that uh, what he told us a few weeks ago? We should all be so lucky, by the way, if that match is over that quickly. Baron Corbin, who is not going to WrestleMania. Baron Corbin was interrupted... Actually, he, he he was the one doing the interrupting. There was a Maximum Male Model segment in the back with uh, Maxine Dupree, and Baron Corbin interrupted them. And uh, he thought at first some of the comments that they were making, they were looking at someone. It wasn't him. He thought they were making uh, comments about him, and they said, "We're not making uh, comments about you. We're making comments about him." And they pointed to somebody off camera, off in the distance, and the camera panned, and we saw that it was Otis and Chad Gable. And Maxine told Corbin that, uh, you know, I look, I see potential in you maybe joining us if you do something for us. And she said that if you would take out the small one, that being Chad Gable, they would consider taking him on as a client. And he agreed to do it, and he went off. You know, I would sit here and tell you, oh, uh, how the mighty have fallen when it comes to Baron Corbin, but... One must first be mighty before one can fall. The only uh, mighty thing that Baron Corbin has been, he's been mighty boring for a number of years now. Uh, You know, look, after 11 years in this company, 11 years, that's when they signed him and they brought him into developmental. 11 years in WWE. And this is what Baron Corbin has been relegated to trying to win a spot with the male models. How much lower can one man go? At what point do you say the Baron Corbin experiment has been a failure? Because <laughs> I can guarantee you that when they signed him, they probably looked at him and said, oh, he played football, long hair. We had the skull it, but long hair, big guy. Oh, big guy, right? They love their big guys. I guarantee you when they signed him and they brought him into developmental 11 years ago, this is not what they had in mind for Baron Corbin. They were hoping that he would be in a much better position than the uh, spot that he's in right now. But now he's begging to uh, try to become part of the Maximum Male Models, and he couldn't even do that. Heading into WrestleMania season, when they traditionally do their spring cleaning coming out of WrestleMania next month, not a good time to be Baron Corbin. We had Finn Balor, one-on-one with Johnny Wrestling. Johnny Gargano. You know, in the uh, black and gold era of NXT, these two would have had a a killer match. Uh, And they did, actually. At TakeOver Portland a few years ago, they had a great match, actually. Uh, Watching these two out there tonight getting almost no reaction was really sad. It was just really sad. Gargano has to be in a holding pattern because of Tommaso Ciampa. I mean, it's, it's... 
I, I thought that was the direction they were going in before Champa went away, that they were either going to reunite them or feud them or do something with them. And, and I would love to see DIY uh, back together for a main roster run because it was such a great run they had of matches in NXT that I think they would be a huge boon to that tag team division. And you don't need Johnny Gargano in singles matches and Tommaso Ciampa in singles matches right now. You can put them in a tag team together and let them do that for a while, and eventually they'll branch off, right? So I thought maybe that was where we were headed. Split Ciampa away from Miz and do something with him and Gargano. And then Ciampa got hurt, and he went away. And I think when that happened, whatever plans Triple H had for Johnny Gargano, I think, went on the back burner because he hasn't been doing anything. He's been doing a whole lot of nothing. And Triple H loves Johnny Gargano. I know how much he values both Gargano and Champa. And I can't imagine that when he called him up to the main roster, that this is what Triple H had in mind for Johnny Gargano. So I think he got hurt by the by the Champa thing. Champa has been down in Colombia getting uh, stem cell therapy. Because he posted on Instagram the other day. Uh, just It was a wear and tear situation. I don't think it was any one injury. But he was pretty beat up. And, you know, he's not an old guy. He's not that old. And so for him to go down there and he, I mean, he had injections in all different parts of his body. I think his knees, his neck, his hip, millions and millions and millions of stem cells. Uh, and I know some of the uh, wrestlers swear by it. Rey Mysterio probably added years on to his career. I know Kevin Nash goes down there, I think, a couple times a year. So hopefully he'll be back soon. I don't know what the timetable is to get him back. But when he comes back, I think that's probably when we'll see uh, them doing more with Johnny. Right now, it's just it's just sort of a holding pattern for him. And because of that, the crowds really don't take to him. And I think they will. I think once he is able to show them what he is uh, capable of in the ring, when you really give him something to sink his teeth into, he's a fantastic babyface. He really is. He can be that great underdog babyface. He just hasn't really had a chance to show it yet. Dominic tried to interfere uh, as Rhea Ripley distracted the referee. Gargano, though, wiped him out with a dive. Damian Priest followed Gargano around ringside until Balor cut him off in the ring with a foot stomp and a drop kick. Balor went to the top, but he froze when he heard Edge's theme music play. And Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley immediately walked down the aisle to the stage, and they're waiting for Edge to come out. So I'll give you one guess what happened. He didn't come out through the stage. Edge came out through the crowd instead, and he shoved Balor off the top rope, and Gargano followed that with the one final beat DDT for the win. And Damian Priest turned around, and he saw this, and he came back down to ringside, but then he got uh, taken out by Dexter Loomis. Edge crawled into the ring. He waited for Balor to rise back to his feet before hitting him with the spear. Payback for what Balor did to him two weeks ago when he cost Edge the United States Championship. Uh, in the back later on with Byron Saxton, Edge said that he was pulling Balor's punk card, and he said next week he's going to be alone in the ring, and let's see if you have the stones to settle this. So next week is when we will have the official announcement, I'm sure, of a match between Edge and Finn Balor, and we'll see if these Hell in a Cell rumors have any teeth to them, because. That's been rumored for a couple of months now. It didn't happen at the Rumble. Uh, WrestleMania, though, we don't have a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view anymore. We don't have a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, which is reason for celebration, by the way. 
that's about 10 years too late. There never should have been a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view to begin with. But it looks like Triple H has officially junked the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Again, one of the positives. You want to you put the positives and the negatives on a chart for Triple H? You put that in the positives column. Triple H killed the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, thank God. So now you, you save Hell in a Cell for those occasions where there is a need for Hell in a Cell. And I'll be honest with you. I know this feud has been going on for several months now. But Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley would have been a better match for Hell in a Cell, in my opinion, than Edge and Finn Balor. But my guess is we end up getting a Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania. So we had Edge and we had Christian on TV on back-to-back nights doing their thing. You know, now that he's been buried alive, uh, I would bet that Christian is probably regretting wearing that turtleneck that he was wearing last night. Probably pretty hot down there. They replayed the great face-to-face with Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes from SmackDown on Friday night, where Roman talked about not only being groomed by his own father, but groomed by Cody's father as well, which didn't hit me when I was first talking about it on Friday. But when you take that out of context, it puts a very different, very disturbing twist on that segment from Friday night. So we'll, uh, we'll move on here. They aired a commercial to officially announce the King and Queen of the Ring event that is coming to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia on Saturday, May 27th. That was not made official by WWE until tonight. So now we know King of the Ring is back. Queen of the Ring also will be taking place. We we don't know anything else about it in terms of the format or anything, but I'm sure we'll get qualifying matches on TV after WrestleMania. Um... I'm sticking with my predictions. I made predictions on the prediction show at the beginning of the year, January 1st. We did the prediction show. And I predicted they would do a King of the Ring tournament. They would do a Queen of the Ring tournament. And I picked Gunther to be the King. And I picked Bailey to be the Queen. And so, as far as my early predictions, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with Gunther and Bailey. They're my picks for King and Queen of the Ring. Piper Niven who was another one who I considered uh, for, for Queen of the Ring. Piper Niven, one-on-one with Nikki Cross, who was avenging the injury that Piper gave to Candice LeRae backstage last week. They said Candice had suffered an AC sprain in her right shoulder. Nikki attacked Piper before the bell, just went wild on her and started wailing away. Uh, Niven gave the referee the go-ahead to go ahead and start the match. Cross hit a flying crossbody and then... Uh, she got hit with a black hole slam, and, which was mistimed in a major way. This did not look good. Uh, they completely mistimed this, but she hits the, the black black hole slam or Loch Ness slam, whatever she's calling it now, and Piper Niven gets the win. Piper got a fat lip, and it looked like she may have not broken her nose, but she may have uh, hurt her nose. I think it was on the crossbody when Nikki came off the top rope. And she kind of rolled, I think, over on uh, Piper's face. So she she got beat up a little bit here in this match. Um, this was rough. This was short, but this was not pretty. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then we had the segment that they had promoted all week long. The return of John Cena to Monday Night Raw here in his backyard here in Boston. This was uh, the top of the 10 p.m. hour they saved him for. So, of course, he came out to the expected huge reaction. His buddy Stu is not there. He looked into the camera and said, Stu, the cameraman, he's getting a little older. So he wasn't there tonight. He had the night off. Uh, but he looked genuinely moved by the reaction. Like You don't see Cena get emotional very often, so unless he was just hamming it up, uh, it looked like, you know, he was he was getting pretty emotional because he, he got this huge reaction. So he was instantly interrupted by the United States champion, the the late Austin Theory. May he rest in peace after this segment. Theory came to the ring with his U.S. I mean, here we had a final burial match last night. Little did I know the final burial would actually take place on Raw tonight. Theory had his U.S. title with him. And he said that he respects John. He used to watch him on TV when he was a kid, which he did. And there's been photos of him as a young fan dressed up as John Cena. He said, though, I came with a gift. And that gift was John Cena against Austin Theory on the grandest stage of them all for the United States Championship, one-on-one. John Cena took the microphone and he said, no. And he actually got some booze when he said no. He said he took a second to think about it. He thought it over. And he said no. He said he wasn't interested in Theory's gift because he hasn't earned the right to give it. So he's been watching him. He's been listening to him. And he doesn't care. He said that not only do I not care, the fans don't care. Fans don't care about you because they don't believe you. Because Theory doesn't believe himself. He called him a generic kid in fancy sneakers wearing sunglasses indoors, and he's got no heart. <laughs> he was. This is only the tip of the iceberg here. He pointed out a sign in the crowd that somebody was holding up that said, Austin Theory is a John Cena wannabe. And Cena said that he's Theory. Basically, he is Austin Theory's ghost of Christmas future is what John Cena today is. Like, what you see before you now, this is your future. He goes, and right now, Theory is in the phase of ruthless aggression. And ruthless aggression almost got him fired. And Cena said that you could see back then, during the ruthless aggression period, I was still finding myself. uh, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't have the confidence that I have now. He said, Theory has no heart. He said Theory has no soul. He said Theory is a pair of trunks away from being a jabroni. 
but he said that he has the best name in WWE history, and he starts being all sarcastic, and he, he looks at the fans, and he says, as the uh, helicopter flies, I don't know if you can hear that, we got the, uh, maybe maybe there's a criminal on the loose outside. I don't know why there's a uh, helicopter over my house at 12.15 at night, but there you go. So he goes, you know, you've got the great, the greatest name in WWE history. He goes, think about it. We've got Stone Cold Steve Austin. He goes, we got The Rock. We've got The Undertaker. There is no name better than Austin Theory. He said, because that is exactly what he is. He is a theory. In theory, he should be great. In theory, he's everything a WWE executive looks for. In theory, everyone here should be here to see him. But no one cares. And he's wasting our time. So on behalf of Boston, we would like to give you a gift. Shut up. Turn around. Get out of the ring. And we will let you walk out of here in one piece. It sounded like he was taking this uh, personal for some reason. So Theory shot back and said, I'm not going anywhere. Just like that bald spot on your head. And Cena had his hat on. Cena took his hat off, and he had combed he had combed his hair back, so the bald spot didn't look as bad as it did when he was on SmackDown a few months ago. Uh, but you know, he took his hat off and he showed it off, and everybody cheered. He said he was proud of the senior circuit. He was proud to join the senior circuit. He said. Theory pointed out John Cena's never give up T-shirt. He said, but wait a second. Is John Cena saying no? Is John Cena saying that he's giving up? And look at John Cena's hat. It says the hat says respect. Where's the respect for all these fans? I'm giving you a golden ticket for a United States Championship match at WrestleMania. And you're going to give up? Theory said, you really don't want to meet your hero. Because all they do when you meet them is disappoint you. John Cena then says that he would... So much rather be bald than have them pipe in fake crowd noise for my matches. And I just thought, boy, they're self-aware. So all those times when I would do a Raw review or I would do a SmackDown review, and I think most people agree with me, but you'll inevitably get these people who are like, oh, what are you talking about with this fake crowd noise? You know, you don't, you have no idea. How do you know, right? How do you know they're piping in fake crowd noise, right? That's That's the real crowd. No, it's not. It's very easy, actually. If you if you listen and pay attention, and it's more of an issue on SmackDown, I have found. Um, it's it's kind of easy to figure out and know when they're piping in fake crowd noise. So it was very interesting to hear John Cena make reference to fake crowd noise here in this promo because uh, WWE has gotten very um, very comfortable piping in fake crowd noise ever since the pandemic. And just because the pandemic shows ended and they went back in front of live audiences, that did not mean that they still do not pipe in crowd noise. They still, on most shows, will do that. And so it was interesting that John Cena made mention of that here. But yeah, that's what he said. He goes, I would rather be bald than have them piping in fake crowd noise to kind of boost me up here on these shows. Then he called Theory a dumb son of a bitch. (laughs) I mean, he was... He was not holding back on this guy. I'm telling you, there's something personal about this. The John Cena character took this personally in ways that normally he would not. 
called him a dumb son of a bitch. He goes, I didn't say no because I gave up. He says, I said no to save your ass because you're not ready. He says, if you and I have a match at WrestleMania and I win, you lose everything. You're done. And if Theory wins, you lose everything. Still, he goes, you may win the day, but then you got to go out on Monday after on Raw all by yourself and explain against the harshest, most vocal, most critical crowd that there is. You have to go out there and explain uh, yourself in front of that audience. By the way, this this notion of the Raw after WrestleMania, you know, the, the loud crowds and the hijacking and all the chants and everything, does that really happen anymore? I don't. I mean, I don't really recall there being a lot of those Raws in recent years. You know, I mean, I, I think the idea of the Raw after WrestleMania being the most raucous uh, day of the year, I, I don't really know that it's like that anymore the way that it used to be. I've been to a lot of those Raws. Those Raws were, were fucking insane. Uh, I don't know that they're quite as crazy as they used to be. So I guess we'll see this year, but. He said, all these people, all these fans, they all see that you are full of crap. But you really left me no choice because you brought them into it. You brought the fans into it. And so now we got to go to the fans and see what they want me to do. And he looked to the crowd. And Cena said, do you want to see Austin Theory against John Cena at WrestleMania? And the fans cheered. and They started a yes chant. Cena says that he may not care about theory, but he'll never give up on the fans. Remember this moment. You just made the biggest mistake of your life. At WrestleMania for the United States Championship, it is going to be Austin Theory against John Cena. And he wished Theory luck and said, we all know you don't have it here. And he pointed to Theory's head. He says, you don't have it here. And he pointed to his heart. And you don't have it here. And he smacked him in the crotch. And then he went to go leave, and then he stopped himself, and Cena said, and you really need to work on that last one. So now he said that basically he has a tiny dick on top of everything else that John Cena said about this man in this segment. You're only one pair of trunks away from being a jabroni. You're a son of a bitch. Nobody cares about you. I'd rather have a bald spot than have them piping in fake crowd noise for my matches. You don't have any heart. You don't have any brains. You don't have any balls. And by the way, your balls are tiny. Why don't you just put a gun to the man's head and pull the trigger at that point? That's basically what he did to him here in this segment. He assassinated this man on the microphone here in this segment. Cena left the ring. He wasn't done yet. Cena left the ring. He walked down the aisle onto the stage turned back around and he said in no way shape or form are you ready for the Wrestlemania stage but Boston deserved to see someone who is and he said Boston I introduce you to he called him the nightmare at first then he corrected himself he said the American nightmare Cody Rhodes they played Cody's music and he came out in his suit and the two of them hugged and they shared a moment together. We couldn't hear what they were saying. It was one of these things where they hugged and they were they were talking to each other for a while. Uh, but at the end, Cena told Cody, he goes, I can't promise that. I don't know how many I got left. So while he was on stage, Cody was already lobbying John Cena for a match. And John Cena had to say, well, hold your horses there. <clears throat> hold your horses there, kid. 
I can't make any promises now. So uh, that was the only part that we heard. First, first let's let's talk about this uh, promo first. Let's talk about that first. Goddamn, did he fillet that man in this promo? He did not hold back. Uh, that man had a family, and uh, they're going to be throwing a funeral now for Young Austin Theory. He he, you know, John Cena whipped out every possible insult, every burn, uh, every everything and anything that you could say to make this man look as small as possible and to tear him down. And if I had any criticism about this, it did bother me as entertaining as it was. It did bother me that Austin theory is the United States champion. He's been the United States champion now for several months. They just had an elimination chamber match last month for the very first time for the U S title. Austin Theory outlasted five other men, including Seth Rollins, and he had help from you know Logan Paul at the very end. But <clears throat> Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Damian Priest, Bronson Reed—all these people that he beat in the Elimination Chamber match, right? They've given him more of a serious edge, a harder edge in his matches. He is still the top champion at the moment on Monday Night Raw, in the absence of having Roman Reigns on the shows. It's the U.S. title. And you had John Cena out there saying that the U.S. champion is nothing. He means nothing. He's overhyped and overrated, and the fans don't care about him and, and all of these different things. You haven't accomplished anything. You haven't earned it. You haven't done anything. All of these things that he was saying about him, and, it, and I'm sitting here going, he's saying this about the United States champion. That part of it is... Hard to justify until you realize that the end goal here is for John Cena, who they call the GOAT. Every time John Cena shows up on television now, they call him the greatest of all time. Whether you believe it or not, according to WWE, he is the greatest of all time. If Austin Theory goes in there at WrestleMania and he beats the greatest of all time, he will have made it. So in their eyes, it's kind of like somebody winning money in the bank. And what do they usually do when somebody wins money in the bank? They beat them. That was a Vince McMahon thing for years. Somebody went, and I'm curious how Triple H is going to handle money in the bank this year. Because traditionally, you win money in the bank and then you lose on television almost every single week. Because the, the logic is, well, they've got the briefcase, so they're going to cash in and probably win the title at some point. So we can beat them. It's fine. We can beat them like a drum now. They'll win the title later. I never understood that. I've never understood the logic behind that. Why would you give somebody a briefcase for a world championship match with plans to put the championship on them, but then beat them for two, three, four, five, six months to the point where people are looking at them going, this person's a fucking loser. All you do is then put the championship on a loser. So I never understood that. It's kind of the same logic here. Let's tear down Austin Theory with the idea that we're going to build him right back up. We're going to give him a big career-defining win over the greatest of all time at WrestleMania. That has to be the idea behind this. That's why I said when this segment was over, if there was one thing I was absolutely sure of, it's the fact that there can be no doubt Austin Theory is going to win and has to win this match at WrestleMania. There, there is no if, and, or but about it. If John Cena goes out there tonight and cuts this promo, 
and then Austin Theory does not win at WrestleMania, he's done. He's done. He's finished. So he's going to go in there and beat John Cena at WrestleMania. And that's a big deal to go in there and beat John Cena. You know, Roman Reigns beat John Cena at SummerSlam a couple years ago, but that was a little bit different because Roman was already the champion. He was already an established uh, headliner. He had already beaten John Cena once before. But for Theory, this will be the biggest win of his career on the biggest possible stage. How they do it is also important because he can't go in there and beat John Cena on a fluke. You know, he can't go in there and win with a roll-up. He can't go in there and hit him with the belt and, 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 and cheat. And then, like, no shortcuts. He has to go in there and beat Cena decisively to prove that, yes, I do belong. And then when the match is over, you can have John Cena kind of give him the nod or, or put his hand out for a handshake and give him the endorsement that he gave to Cody tonight by introducing Cody at the end of this segment. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. It did bother me, the fact that he was saying these things about one of the top champions in the company. I, I don't see that as being terribly productive because what does that say about your, your U.S. title? Uh, but I do think that in the end, the idea is that, well, he's going to come out a lot better for it because we're having, you know, we're giving him our stamp of approval by having John Cena you know go in there and do the honors for him at WrestleMania. That's going to be a huge career-defining thing for Austin Theory. So this was a very entertaining segment, I will say that. Uh, I was caught off guard by how by how much Cena went in on him, but that was the idea, you know, was to, I guess, fire up Austin Theory. We'll see how he you know, reacts and responds now coming out of this segment. Uh, I don't know if John Cena is going to be around. I don't know. We may not see him again on television until WrestleMania. If he's still filming that movie, he may be flying right back to Australia. I don't know what his schedule is now. Um, so we'll see what they do in the next few weeks. But uh, let's talk about Cody here. Very interesting that they brought out Cody at the end of the segment, who had nothing to do with this. But they wanted to have the visual of Cena basically endorsing him and introducing him and holding up his arm and embracing him. Uh, and so that was the the point of this. But I was struck by something as I was watching this. It brought me back to Miami in 2012. The WrestleMania that I went to, that was the Rock Cena show, actually. And it brought me back to the pre-show press conference, the day of WrestleMania. I had asked John Cena a question during that press conference, if there was anybody, any younger stars, anybody from the current roster at the time, uh, or any up-and-coming names in the company that he was looking forward to working with or he saw big things in. Uh, and this was John Cena's response to the question that I asked back in 2012 at the WrestleMania press conference. Is there, is there anybody on the current roster, Raw or SmackDown, that you haven't had a chance to work with who perhaps is almost there but not quite that you would like to work with? There are guys that have been passing through that um, I think with a little more experience give great opponents. I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing Cody Rhodes. I know it's a WrestleMania moment for him. I look forward to see what he does. So here we are in 2023. It was 2012. And here we are in 2023. And they're not working a match together. Although, again, Cody did try. He pitched for it here at the end of the segment. And John Cena said, I don't know. But very interesting where we were then when I asked that question, and the first name that John Cena mentioned was Cody Rhodes. And now here we are, and John Cena, obviously, he's he's part-time, 
But Cody Rhodes is about to go to his very first WrestleMania main event. 11 years later. So it's just funny to see now how how different things are and how Cody now has, you know, ascended to the top. You know, he he may well walk out of WrestleMania as the guy, you know, to end this Roman Reigns run and be the champion and be in the spot that John Cena was in not that long ago. So that that's very uh, that's a cool thing, I think, to look back on that. That was the first name uh, that Cena mentioned when I had asked that question. So anyway. That was the whole point of uh, having Cody out there was to uh, to do the endorsement uh, because they're going all in. They're going all in. They're all in on the American Nightmare. This week's episode is sponsored by ExpressVPN. For those who don't know, data brokers are basically the middlemen when it comes to collecting and selling all those digital footprints you leave behind when you're browsing online. From those footprints, they can stitch together profiles for you that include your browsing history, your online searches and even your location data. And then they'll sell your profile to a third party who delivers you a targeted ad. You might hear that and go, well, that's the internet, right? Well, it might not sound like a big deal, but those same data brokers may be selling your info to Homeland Security and the IRS. I don't need Mike Rotunda showing up at my doorstep. He gets enough of my money as it is. So I protect myself with ExpressVPN. Your IP address is sort of the gateway for these data brokers to tie all of your data back to you. And your unique IP address also reveals information about your location. When you're connected to ExpressVPN, your IP address is hidden. That makes it much harder for these brokers to figure out who you are. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your network traffic to keep your data safe from hackers on public Wi-Fi. That's why I have the ExpressVPN app downloaded on all my devices. All I do is tap one button to turn it on and I'm protected. It's just that easy. So make sure your online activity and data is protected with the best VPN money can buy. Visit expressvpn.com slash solomonster right now and get three extra months free through my special link. That's expressvpn.com slash solomonster, expressvpn.com slash solomonster to learn more. We had Chad Gable, one-on-one with Baron Corbin, who... Uh, did not even get an entrance. Corbin avoided a moonsault, hit a chokeslam backbreaker. Corbin was standing over Gable. He was gloating. Gable then took him down and applied the ankle lock and got the win. So the losing streak is over. The losing streak is over. Chad Gable won a match for the first time in, in forever on Monday Night Raw. Now, I know, you know, I mean, getting a win over... Uh, Getting a win over Baron Corbin and ending ending the streak with Baron Corbin, it's like playing bingo and, and winning at bingo when you're only playing against yourself. It's kind of a hollow victory, but a win is a win. So good for Chad Gable. We got a new WrestleMania movie parody. This time with Miz and Maurice doing a scene from Top Gun. You know, we're, we're a few deep now into these. These just aren't funny. Is this the best that they have? I, we still have a few more that we haven't seen. I know there's a Stranger Things one with Rhea Ripley. I think there's a Goodfellas one with the Bloodline. So maybe those will be better, but I don't know. I mean, do you agree? Like, I, I'm not feeling these. Like, the Titanic one with uh, Bianca and Montez Ford was kind of lame, and this one was lame. These just aren't funny. Maybe I was just spoiled by by the the ones from 2005. But uh, those those were infinitely better than the ones we've had so far. They gotta they gotta step up their game. It's like they half-assed them. 
We had the new women's tag team champions, Becky Lynch and Lita, out to the ring for a promo. Lita mentioned that uh, there was an equalizer that they had to thank, which brought out Trish Stratus. She said that uh, she would not have missed their match last week for the world. And a few months ago, she did tell Bailey that if she didn't shut her mouth, and at that moment, damage control interrupted, they came down to the ring. Trish said that uh, she warned Bailey that she could uh, very quickly go from I am retired to I was retired. And she can't think of a better place to shut her up than on the grandest stage. I'm also tired, by the way, of everybody calling it the grandest stage. Does everybody have to use the same exact talking point? At least they don't call it the granddaddy of them all. That used to be the talking point. That it was the granddaddy of them all. And then I think Vince McMahon didn't like the idea that it made WrestleMania sound like an old man or something. So all of a sudden you weren't allowed to call it the granddaddy of them all. But everybody's like, on the grandest stage. I challenge you on the grandest stage of them all. (laughs) I don't know. It just sounds sounds fucking stupid to me. So anyway, she, she challenged her to a match on the grandest stage of them all. At WrestleMania. And uh, Io and Dakota went after Lita and Trish, but uh, they got thrown out of the ring. The three babyfaces attacked Bailey. Trish was lining up for the chick kick. Io and Dakota pulled Bailey out of the ring to safety. So the match is official. It'll be damage control and a six-person tag against Becky, Lita, and Trish at WrestleMania. Uh, I thought this was a pretty weak segment uh, with a pretty weak crowd response. You know, you got Becky Lynch out there who at one. At one time, Becky Lynch was like the top star in the entire company. You have Becky Lynch, Lita, Trish Stratus, and I don't know. This just felt like it should have been a bigger deal, and the crowd just wasn't really, wasn't really with it as much as I thought that they would be. The main event of Monday Night Raw was Sami Zayn against Jimmy Uso, two members of the SmackDown roster in the main event of Monday Night Raw. Jimmy uh, threw Sammy from the ring and then tried to distract the referee, but the referee caught Solo Sokoa setting up for a Samoan spike. So he ejected Solo from ringside. Sammy followed with a blue thunderbomb for a two count. The fans started cheering because we had a spotlight on Jay Uso, who appeared in the crowd. Jay Uso ran down, he climbed onto the announce desk, and he was just watching. He was staring at his brother in the ring. And he, it looked like maybe he was encouraging Jimmy. I, I don't know what exactly he was trying to do, but the distraction allowed Sammy to roll Jimmy up for the win. So we had a distraction roll-up finish here in this main event. Jimmy was distraught. Jay got into the ring. He grabbed Jimmy by his shirt. Not, not in a confrontational way, like you would grab somebody and ball up your fist like you were about to punch them, but he just sort of grabbed his shirt was leaning against him, and he was just, like, contemplating life. (laughs) Jey Uso's facial, he has these incredible facial expressions. And so the camera was focused on Jey's face, and he just had this pain expression on his face. And this went on for a while until finally Jey uh, left his brother alone in the ring. And when he exited the ring, Sami Zayn was standing there. So Jey stopped. And he's staring at Sammy, and Sammy's a little standoffish. He doesn't know what Jay's going to do. And Jay tells Sammy, he goes, I trust you. And he gives him a big bear hug. 
And this got a huge pop from the crowd. And Sammy was all fired up, of course. He's like, yes, this is great. He goes, and he's pointing at Jimmy in the ring. We Together, we can take down, you know, Roman Reigns. We could, we could take down the bloodline here. And Jay threw his finger up in the air. Sammy did the same. And you can see this coming from a mile away. Because the distance between them was enough where you kind of knew what was, what was about to happen. And then, sure enough, came the betrayal. And Jay Uso super kicked Sami Zayn. Everybody could see this coming, except Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is the only one who I think did not see this coming. Uh, this also got a huge reaction. And then Jay started yelling at Sami, and he's yelling at him, and he's screaming, you thought I was going to choose you. You know, you're not family. He's pummeling Sami, threw him in the ring. So now we have Jimmy, we have Jay, and we have Solo all ganging up on Sami Zayn. And you would expect that this is the spot where Kevin Owens would would put his feelings aside and would come out and repay Sami for what he did earlier in the show. But uh, instead, we got Cody, who came out to his music in his suit, ran down to the ring, uh, didn't attack the bloodline. The bloodline backed away. And Cody kind of kept them at bay as he was checking on uh, Sami Zayn. A... Fantastic closing angle. If I was surprised by anything about this, it was the fact that they did not save it for Friday. Uh, We know that Roman Reigns gave Jimmy Uso an ultimatum. And so we know Roman's going to be on the show this week. If anything, I would have expected them to uh, save the betrayal for Friday. Uh, So they didn't do that. They didn't save the swerve for Friday. They gave it to us tonight. That might be the only thing that really, um, you know, surprised me. Cody's involvement makes sense because, you know, now his issue is with the bloodline. His issue is with Roman Reigns. He's involved in this. Whether people like it or not, he's involved in this. So it makes sense for him to come down and and try to save Sammy and even the odds. And remember, before Elimination Chamber, we had that segment with Cody and, and Sammy. They were paying respect to each other. So it would make sense for him to come out if nobody else was going to. But I also wonder if, you know, Cody perhaps will end up being the the peacemaker in this situation. So he, he can be John Cena in more ways than one. Uh, Cody can be peacemaker, and maybe he plays a role in getting Sammy and KO to put their bullshit aside and for the good of the company and to try to take down the bloodline, unite together to uh, ultimately get a tag team championship match at at WrestleMania. That is potentially a role that Cody can play in this as well. So we'll have to wait and see. No Kevin Owens, um, which obviously they're saving that for its own show. It could be Friday. It could be next Monday. Within the next week, I would think it'll happen. And that's when we will get the official announcement of a tag team championship match at WrestleMania. And how do you not headline night one? As as big as this story has become, they're main eventing the shows every week. It's either Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn's been headlining multiple shows since Elimination Chamber. All those people so worried about what's going to be with Sami Zayn when he loses to Roman Reigns. Or, oh my God, if he loses, it's like his, his fucking career is over. Meanwhile, the guy's got multiple stories going on. He's on every show, regardless of the, of the brand. He's in the main event every fucking week. And could very well end up in the main event of night one of WrestleMania. I'd say he's in a pretty good position right now. But how do you not headline with that? I know they want to do Charlotte and Rhea, but how do you not headline with Jimmy and Jay against Sammy and KO? You know, for the tag team titles. It's going to be interesting to see what they what they go with on night one. I'm sure they're going to end up going with the women. 
Um, but if it were me, to me, and I know why they do it, but to me, it's not. it shouldn't be a matter of male or female or anything like that. You go with the match that makes sense. You go with the best match or the best story going into the show. That is this match. That is going to be the tag team title match. And you have tag team champions who by then will have held those titles for over 600 days. It should be a big deal when they finally drop those titles. So I absolutely think it's worthy of the main event spot at WrestleMania. I don't know if WWE feels the same. So when this show was over, it was a very eventful show. If you look at the show from top to bottom, this was not a great episode of Raw. I mean, besides the fact that we had no really good matches on a three-hour show, um, you know, I understand it wasn't about the matches so much. The matches just were sort of there to serve a purpose. It was almost like they were an afterthought to the stories that they were telling, but um, not a great show, but I think the, the good stuff was really good. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Let's take a look at the Twitter poll. 77% thumbs up score for Raw tonight from Boston. 15% thumbs in the middle. 7.8% thumbs down. So an overwhelmingly positive score. Most people like Raw tonight. I'm sure that was based a lot around the bloodline angle and the Cena stuff. Like I said, the good stuff on the show was really good. And uh, I certainly was not bored or, or uh, you know, nearly, nearly as disinterested as I was watching the show last Monday. So that was an improvement. Although it would, have been, it would have been hard to have a show worse than the one they gave, or more boring than the one they gave us last week. That show was just a total snooze fest. Let's take a look at your Super Chats. And uh, thank you again to everybody who has uh, become a channel member and gifted memberships. Justin Hesse alone, 10 new memberships earlier tonight. You guys are uh, out of control here. Samoan Joseph uh, in the live chat says, uh, it wasn't about the matches. Somehow that seems wrong to me. Well, it's a television show, and not every week is going to be about having a five-star match. When you're at WrestleMania time, you know, the the great matches are going to be at WrestleMania. You're not expecting that Raw every week is going to have, you know, these, uh, these, these clinics. You're going to have a lot of very story-heavy shows, and that's fine. You know, in the month of March, heading into WrestleMania, these last three or four weeks, you're going to have some story-heavy stuff. And as long as the stories are being told well... And they're interesting enough. 
I don't need to have a fucking four-star spot fest on Raw, you know? I mean, that's fine, as long as you keep me engaged and entertained. Then I'm okay with that. It's when the shows are boring that uh, it's hard to sit through a three-hour show like that. Bread Hart has been a channel member for one year. He has hit 12 months, and he is very happy to have his brand new Red Skull badge. Yes, we have new badges for the uh, the longer channel members. You got to watch because, you know, if you're uh, one of the ones with a gifted membership, for example, if you're gifted a channel membership, they expire, I believe, at 30 days. You have to, at that point, decide if you want to pay to renew on your own. Uh, these badges... You know, it kind of resets if you uh, let the membership lapse. You'll have to start all over again, so just be aware of that. Uh, PJK says, want to show my support? PJK, thank you for the $4.99. Uh, Chris Miner with the $9.99 got called an AEW shill on a Facebook post, all because I said I thought Revolution was a great show. Tribalism is out of control. I don't know how you deal with it on a daily basis. Buy or sell on the worst fans, AEW or WWE. Uh, They both suck. They both suck. They both have absolute fucking raving psychopaths on both sides. And uh, I got hit with some of that also coming out of Revolution last night. I made the comment that I thought the main event was, in my opinion, the greatest Iron Man match, Iron Man rules match that I have ever seen. And... I got attacked by the WWE fans who were appalled by this. Uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, and how much is Tony Khan paying you? You know, how much cocaine did he ship to your house? I'll be sure to let you know if he's going to be uh, sending me a shipment one of these days, and I'll be sure not to share it with you either, bitch. So yeah, I got a lot of that also, and it's yeah, you know, it's amusing, but it's also it's just kind of sick. You know, these people are sick and demented, and you just have to kind of ignore them and block them and move on. And and that's what I do. You can't take them seriously. One thing to have a different opinion, but when you when you say when you attribute that opinion to the fact that oh well you're just biased or you're paid off or you're in you know they got you in their back pocket, it's as if you can't have a different opinion. There must be some hidden agenda involved. Uh, these people are very very demented. Uh, you just can't take them seriously. Uh, Bobby's World 2110. On Cornette's latest podcast, he was talking about Orange Cassidy and said, fuck him and anyone who looks like him. I think he just called you out. I guess so. Well, he hasn't said it to my face, so I'm not going to worry too much about it. I don't think he leaves the house. So I don't think he can say it to my face. The Real CS02. Hey, Solomonster, this is my first time leaving a super check. Keep up the good work. Uh, Real CS, thank you for the $9.99. I hope you enjoy your stay here. I appreciate the support very much. Uh, We're only about, I think, 10 or 12 likes away from hitting our likes goal. So thank you. Hit that thumbs up button. Uh, HBKC83 with the 10 bucks. I've seen a fan photo posted of the Hurt Business some time ago with two additional members being the Street Profits. What do you think about them joining the Hurt Business? I don't think it's necessary. 
I mean, Montez Ford as a heel, I think, is, is going to absolutely happen, and I think he's going to kill it, but I don't think it has to be as part of the Hurt Business. JM with the first of two. $50 Super Chat says, I watched a couple of live segments from Raw for the first time in a while. Judging by the audio production, I get the sense that WWE would rather be in the Thunderdome than be inconvenienced by a live crowd. Hence the uh, piped-in crowd noise. Yes, I think that they love their new toy that they started abusing during the Thunderdome era. And I, sa- I said it when they started running arenas again. I said it the minute they left the Thunderdome. They may have left the Thunderdome. You could take the you could take the fake noise out of the Thunderdome, but you cannot take the fake noise out of the actual television show. And uh, they have kept it ever since. Hey, Matt Girl. Is it girl or girly? I don't want to call him a girl if it's not pronounced girl. But Matt, thank you for the sub. Uh, Rizzo says, OMG, what an ending to Raw. I was laughing so hard when you said on the podcast, she isn't doing hard time like Dominic, that I had to pull over. It's true. I don't think Sonya Deville will do hard time like Dominic. And if she ends up doing that, then she should go to Dom and he can give her some pointers on uh, what to do and who to stay away from. Uh, JM with another $50 Super Chat drop. To balance out the good with the bad, I thoroughly enjoyed the audio from episode 798 of the Sound Off while on the road today. Here's a little something towards the fun to bring Katrina into House of Glory as the co-commissioner. I'm not sharing my uh, co-commissioner. I'm, I'm not sharing my commissioner duties, but she can she can work for me if she wants to. I've got a few jobs that uh, she can do. Uh, Mistif, Mistif Mountains, we're going to call you. $10 Super Chad. Hey, Solomon. Thomas. There we go. Thank you. you. You have made my life easier here. The name is Thomas. We'll call him Thomas. Thomas, just welcomed my first child into the world and wanted to let you know the first thing she'll listen to on the way home is the podcast. Thank you for all that you do and stay safe. Well, I shall have to watch my language then if, uh, your new child is going to be listening to the podcast. I better be on my best behavior. I'm going to start talking about people kicking butt. Right? He kicked his butt. Anyway, congrats, Thomas. Congrats to you. And uh, hopefully that is... Uh... Yeah, I, I, I've had friends who say it's a, a life-changing thing and you plan for it, but until it happens, you just don't know how much, you know, having bringing a child into the world really just changes your whole perspective on life. So I don't know if this is your, uh, well, no, it is your first. It is your first child. So you'll probably feel some of that as well. But uh, they all they all rave about it and say that there's no better feeling in the world. So I hope that uh, she brings you many blessings. Uh, Nick Grasso with the 499. So it is going. <laughs> Bobbert says child's first words. Fuck bully Ray. Fuck bully Ray. Or maybe or maybe Bane. Actually, Bane, frankly, Bane, Bane in that super chat kind of sounds like a newborn that you can't understand. Uh, Nick Grosso says, so it's going to be Lita, Trish, and Becky against Damage Control at WrestleMania. What does that mean for Ronda and Shayna? Are they missing WrestleMania? 
Uh, the reports are no. They are not missing WrestleMania. What they're going to do, I have no idea. Uh, bogus fan. Unfortunately, I cannot stay. You've got to wake up early tomorrow morning. Jay chooses family. Let's go. Hope everybody has a good night. Bogus fan, thank you for the 1999. Riley Parvin with the $20 super chat. Riley is also part of our little GWO. Riley says, what an awesome episode of Raw. This is what the show needs to be every week on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, For the first time in months, I was invested in the full three hours. Uh, Really felt like one of Triple H's first few episodes. There was a lot going on. There was a lot going on to where when the show was over, it didn't feel like a three-hour show that just kind of drags. And so that was a a positive change from last week's show. Uh, Rodimus Prime with the 20 bucks. One of the greatest endings to a wrestling show in a long time. Jay played Sammy, and he did not even see it coming. That was perfect. Riley is back saying, seeing everybody else's reactions to the show, I realize I may just be drunk and enjoyed the show a little too much. Don't ever apologize for how you felt about the show, even if you are in the minority. You need to form your own opinion. It's always fun to watch you know, the podcasts and, and find out what other people thought, but... You don't ever have to apologize for how you felt about a show, as long as you had fun. Uh, Viviana. With the 999, Viviana says, This is your reminder. Join the GWO, bro. It will be the best money you spend ever, bro. Trust me, bro. Even Eric Bischoff, or Bischoff, <laughs> Eric Bischoff, should be smart enough to join the GWO, bro. Yes, I, I agree. I think Eric Bischoff should absolutely join our little Green World Order. Uh, Bulu Fatulu, back with us two nights in a row. Great show tonight. Jake kicking Sammy was awesome. Thank you, Bulu. His boots. Those new emojis in the chat. Marcellus, thank you for the super chat. James Hollins, Bliss fan, do you think Alexa is returning at WrestleMania? So so James wants to know. I mean, you're like you're setting off a time bomb by answering or uh, not answering, but asking that question. Bliss fan is in shambles right now because it looks like Alexa Bliss is going to miss the WrestleMania card. Bliss fan is in mourning right now. I told Bliss fan, I think Alexa Bliss is on her way out of WWE. You know, her what they have done with her or not done with her, it's just very bizarre to me. And uh, I don't know, it just feels to me like she might be, uh, soon enough, she might be on her way out. But that's just my, that's just my gut feel. What a name. El Taco Butt Cheeks with the $6 Super Chat. With the $6 Super Chat. Fan since 2010 in the UK. Uh, John Cena really summed up why Theory sucks. Theory has given me no reason to care. I will listen to his cooking later. Oh, you will you will enjoy the cooking. He was he was filleted. He put a little bit of seasoning on there, a little bit of pepper, some salt and pepper. Rub some barbecue sauce on there, some of that JR's barbecue sauce. 
Uh, Ted Evans, here's for the four hours of sleep and hard work. Also, do something Bray, says Ted Evans. Ted Evans, thank you for the 1992 Super Chat. Shin, Super Kick, Akuma with the two bucks. Shin, thank you. Also, he dropped the five and said, I like Bray Wyatt. I am a fan. No more hiding. He has a fan here. Sorry to disappoint the GWO. Please don't kick me out. What do you think? Should we should we kick out Shin? I think we'll keep him. Uh, Dre Hun with the five. Cena wants to bring out the best when it comes to promo battles. Theory better step up like Roman did. Roman, Roman did eventually. You know, that's a good point, actually. It does kind of remind me of when Cena just, you know, absolutely destroyed Roman Reign when they had that promo segment together years ago. Was it 2017, probably? And what happened? They had a match, and Cena put Roman over. But it didn't matter, because Roman was so miscast that... You know, people had already formed an opinion about him and you either liked Roman or you hated his guts. And it didn't matter that, oh, he got the win over John Cena. It didn't really make a difference. Uh, But it was a very similar thing. You know, Cena in that segment, he handed Roman Reigns his ass. Roman was outmatched. He was outclassed. That was, it's almost like a totally different person than the Roman Reigns that we see today. In the span of, of not even a full five years. To go from that to what he is today is quite the transformation. Uh, Rizzo with the five bucks. After watching this segment, I wonder if the angle they shot with Cena is Theory attacking him. If not, how does Theory get his heat back? Yeah, that was the report. They did film a segment backstage at SmackDown in Tampa on the 30th of December that has never aired on TV. So if they really map this out that far in advance, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it's some sort of beatdown angle uh, that they'll just sort of drop into the show in the next few weeks. Because I, I don't know what Cena's availability is going to be to be there live. I mean, my, my understanding is that he's not going to be there live again until WrestleMania. CMJ World. I'm not feeling Wyatt Lashley nor Lesnar Omos. Well, I mean, I don't blame you. Why would you? Two matches out of nowhere with no real fucking reason to be happening. Why would anybody be invested in either one of these other than to maybe see Lesnar get him up for the F5? But otherwise, it's just two matches that they pulled out of their ass. He says, so the only way I'll feel okay with it is if Lesnar costs Lashley the win and to calm down an an enraged Lashley, Adam Pearce sets up Lashley-Lesnar for night two. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, but it's possible. I mean, if both matches happen on the same night, then it's possible. Eric, only thing Cena did not do was a your mama joke. Or, or like a knock-knock joke. Bobbert reviews with the 28 bucks. The go-home match should be a six-man tag match with Cody, Sammy, and Owens against the Usos and Solo Sokoa. Or Cody, Sammy, trying to get Owens to team with them. Owens refuses. They go into it at a disadvantage in a handicap match. 
And then Owens comes out late in the match to make the triumphant save. That's how I would do it. Uh, Hulkling93 with the $10 super chat. I hear your point, but WWE provided the ammo to Glock Cena. Theory's not presented as a heel to give credibility to. Mostly all of his big wins have been a plot device for feuds bigger than his reign. Yeah, but he's still the U.S. champion. So that that part of it kind of annoyed me. But again, I, the, the long-term goal is not to bury Austin Theory. The goal is to elevate. So that's... That should be the idea anyway. Uh, GCC305. Love the reviews as always. I know we are going to disagree on this, but... Jay attacking Sammy just proves my point that it should be Sammy against Jay one-on-one at WrestleMania. Why would KO want to trust and help Sam? Well, you got to let the story play out. That's why. You got to wait and see. How are they going to get KO to finally relent and tag with Sammy? I don't know. I'm going to watch and find out just like all of you. And I'm looking forward to finding out the answer to that question. But you got you to gotta let it play out. If there's one story that I, I trust and I would say, let it play out, this is the story. Traditionally in WWE, I wouldn't I wouldn't really trust them to say let it play out. But in this case, I would say let it play out. Uh, Joseph Brooks with a 999. My wrestling memory is kind of fuzzy. Can you help me out? If the tag team titles are defended in the main event of WrestleMania, wouldn't this be the first time that this has happened? Could you see the same for the Intercontinental title on, del- on uh, day one? Or, or the Intercontinental belt one day? I was going to say... I'd be fine with that as one of the main events this year. You do Gunther, Drew, and Sheamus in the main event, be fine with me. Um, could it happen with the IC belt one day? Of course it could happen. With the right people and the right story? Absolutely. Um, would this be the first tag team title main event in WrestleMania history? The answer, I believe, is yes. We have had a tag team match. In fact, we had a tag team match in the main event of the very first WrestleMania, Madison Square Garden, but that was not for the titles. So, yes, I think this would be a first. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So, I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Rizzo, Katrina can work for me. I got some stuff that she can do for me. Wall Street Journal is coming to Hog on Friday. <laughs> yeah, well, they're going to get a no comment if they do that. Uh, Roscoe P. Coltrane. I love it. Dukes of Hazard for the win. Roscoe P. Coltrane. Uh, thank you for all your hard work with your shows. Roscoe, thank you. looking back on it years later, was the Boneyard match a good send-off for The Undertaker and his career? Yes, it was. And I said that at the time. He didn't have to do another thing for the rest of his career. The Boneyard match was a fine way for him to go out. Riding off on his motorcycle. Right? It was a cool moment. A cool final shot of The Undertaker. Uh, LaShawn says, better Danielson, two out of three falls match, Garcia or Sammy? Oh, 
gosh, I I I don't remember too much about the the uh, Danielson uh, Sammy match. I might go Garcia, but again, I don't remember the Sammy match too much. Uh, Juan Ocampo, worst burial from Cena: Roman in 2017 or Theory in 2023? Um, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna say Theory by far. Roman kind of buried himself. Roman, Roman, he had a hand in his own burial in that promo. He just wasn't very good. He, he was just outmatched and outclassed in every way. But uh, this, this was, this was worse. This was, and again, I don't want to say he's buried, but just in terms of, of just the segment itself, uh, you got to go with theory tonight as the uh, the worst one of the two. Justin Hesse, this has been paid for by the Green World Order. Uh, Winter's Paw. Hope Bray wrestles more after WrestleMania. He can be built up as a monster, and maybe that can turn him around. I hate to see so many people laugh at him. It makes me sad. Yeah, it's too bad because, again, there was a lot of optimism, I think, and a lot of excitement when he first came back. You know, including... Including for me, I don't think anybody wants to see the guy fail. I think he could he could be a, a a big star for them, but I mean, how can you possibly be excited about what they have him doing right now? And the, and the howdy stuff is just sort of stalled out, kind of like they just I don't know if they don't know where they want to go with it. I I can't imagine Bray doesn't have an idea in his mind for where this is going, but just it's like you gotta you gotta get there a little bit faster. You gotta give us something here, and they've given us nothing. And also, it feels like they're just hiding him. I mean, I understand them wanting him to be a special attraction, but you got to get him in the ring. I mean, you know, you, you got to have him in an actual regular fucking wrestling match at some point. And it's like they're hiding him away. Do they not trust him? Because that's not good. So, yes, I, I hope that they have uh, more for him in the ring coming out of WrestleMania as well. I don't want to have another six months of this. So, but it's 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 sad because there was so much excitement when he first came back, and it's just turned into what I said the other day: the worst thing week to week now on SmackDown is this Bray Wyatt stuff. And it wasn't like that at the beginning, but now it is, and that's sad. So the likes goal tonight was five hundred, and uh, we are. Right around 5.40. So thank you once again. Back-to-back nights. We smashed that like goal. You guys killed it. Keep hitting that like button too. Because I know we can do 600 and then 700. But uh, right now, let's go ahead and uh, be the booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the booker. It is time for be the booker. We did not have a good night last night. Be the Booker was an absolute abomination. Can't possibly be any worse than what we did last night. Right? Right? Can't possibly be any worse. Kick things off here with Bruiser Brody, the late Bruiser Brody. And he could have had some some big matches in the WWF, maybe. Maybe a Brody Hogan feud. We never did get to see that. The legendary Bruiser Brody. Going to go one-on-one with... Well, guess what? Now we can have it. Speak of the devil. 
Bruiser Brody one on one with Hollywood Hulk Hogan. This is uh, NWO Hogan. A marquee match anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. Hogan and Brody. There you go. That's how you rebound from a terrible be the booker the night before. I love how I, I talk about these things. And then it's like I will them into existence just by talking about it. Let's see if we can will ourselves into a good women's match here. We begin with... Santina. And with that... We move on to the tag teams because there is no point in continuing. So we just go straight to the tag teams. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy. All right, let's see here. We got Kane and the Big Show, the former Raw Tag Team Champions. Kane and Big Show. Didn't Kane and Big Show beat uh, Carlito and Chris Masters at WrestleMania 22? Am I remembering that correctly? Kane and the Big Show against the Headbangers. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Although they were uh, former tag team champions as well. So we had Hogan and Brody. We had one at least, but one out of three, again, not good, man. Not good. We're not doing well. These are terrible, terrible cards that we're booking here. We've got to do better. I need my Pat Patterson. Who, who's going to be my Pat Patterson? I need some uh, creative help here. We need some creative. I may have to put together my own creative team. I may just have to do that. Uh, LaShawn says, can you recommend me some Mr. Perfect matches? I can recommend you a whole bunch of Mr. Perfect matches. Uh, the Rock. V.S. Sting. Oh, The Rock versus Sting. There you go. I was like, what the hell? The Rock, the Rock versus Sting just became a sound of legend. Legend membership activated. Enjoy your new emojis. The Rock versus Sting. Uh, Mr. Perfect matches. Well, obviously, the, the, the best ones, I, in my opinion, are the two matches he had in WWE with uh, Bret Hart. So, SummerSlam 91. King of the Ring 93 semifinals. Those are the matches that you need to, to drop everything and go watch. Uh, Mr. Perfect Matches. Ric Flair. Loser Leaves Town Monday Night Raw, January 25th, 1993. Uh, that's another one I would recommend. Mr. Perfect and Tito Santana had a fantastic Intercontinental Championship match on the July 1990 episode of Saturday Night's Main Event. So I just gave you four matches right there. I would start with those four. Start with those four. Uh, we have got Rizzo with the $20 Super Chat. Rizzo is uh, it's going a little nutty tonight here. As someone who struggles with confidence, I look at Roman and I can tell how much more confident he was in his promo with Cena in 2021 compared to 2017. As a brave fan, I wonder if he's hurt. And they are trying to buy time. I made that comment the other night. I mentioned the knee brace that he was wearing when he first came back. Not too many people either noticed it or made a comment about it, but I noticed it. And, you know, he had some house show matches against Jinder Mahal, and he wrestled 
LA, well, if you could say wrestle, uh, LA night at the Royal Rumble, it's not like he hasn't been able to do anything, but I, I do wonder if he came back and he was hurt or recovering from some kind of surgery or something because, yeah, the knee brace, I, I, I noticed that in November. And I don't know if he's had the knee brace in more recent appearances. I don't think he has. I, I don't know. I was racking my brain trying to figure out maybe it is injury related. Maybe that's the explanation for it. I don't know. It just feels like we're in this holding pattern with him right now. So it could it could be injury related. I, I don't know. It's just kind of grasping at straws trying to figure it out. Uh, fallout says Vince backstage at Raw with a mustache. Look it up. Yes, that was something I saw online earlier. Um, apparently Vince McMahon had a little bit of a different look backstage. And he was spotted with a mustache. <laughs> Vince McMahon had a porn stash, I guess, uh, backstage at Raw tonight. Maybe he's enjoying his uh, so-called retirement uh, a little too much. You know, he's he's playing the field. I don't know. Vince with a mustache. Kind of picture Bobby Valentine with his uh, disguise from uh, back in the late 90s when he put the glasses and mustache disguise on to sneak back into the dugout. I can picture Vince with his porn stash sneaking back into the offices at Titan Tower, hoping nobody notices him. I can't even picture that. Vince McMahon with a mustache? (laughs) I can't even I just I can't even picture that in my head. Uh GCC 305 Brody against Hogan, six stars at the Tokyo Dome Brother. Hey, you take Hogan in Japan against Brody at the Tokyo Dome, that would have that would have been a hell of a match. And Justin Glasner with the two bucks. Let's change up and have Gunther try be the book or Gunthar. I'm sorry. I thought they said Gunther. Gunthar. Try be the booker next time. Uh, maybe. Maybe we'll uh, call upon Gunthar one of these nights and have him do some booking. That might not be a bad idea. But thank you guys for all of the Super Chats. Thank you for all of the new channel memberships. We uh, picked up a whole bunch over these past uh, two nights. Including tonight, we had uh, Justin Hesse earlier dropping uh, 10 all by himself. So uh, that was very cool. I appreciate that. And again, enjoy. We have uh, the new emojis are there for channel members. Uh, there are other uh, perks as well. If you're on the Legends tier level, you do have access to uh, some of the earliest show, the earliest shows that I ever did. Uh, the early, not all of them are there yet, but the first thirteen or so are up. So if you wanted to know what the Solo Monster sounded like when he was very timid when he was first starting out in 2007. I cringe when I go back and listen to those, but they're up. If you're on the Legends tier, you can go listen to them right now. Keyshawn Johnson with the 499. John Cena to uh, Royal Rumble. It's called a oh, Roman Reigns. <laughs> John Cena to the Royal Rumble. John Cena to Roman Reigns. It's called a promo. How would you rank that burn against tonight's burn to theory? That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Although the the burn about, at least, I'd rather have my bald spot than have them play uh, piped-in crowd noise during my matches. I mean, that was, if I were Theory, I would want to just crawl in a a hole and just fucking die at that point. (laughs) Just, like, crawl under the covers in bed, pull the the sheets over my head and just lay there, you know? Just go crawl under the ring 
and just hide there for a little bit. Uh, LaShawn says, what made you decide to stream reviews? Great idea. Uh, because I can only fit so much in the Sunday show. And uh, people wanted my opinion uh, a lot quicker when the shows were over. And once the channel started building up and I realized I can you know, make a living doing it, it all just kind of came together and it made sense. So, yeah, it, it's it's time consuming. It's a lot of work. But uh, we've built up a little community here. And, again, I'm able to push these out right after the shows. People get my opinion right away. And then we save the bigger stories and the opinion pieces and some of the other reviews for the Sunday show. So it's a good formula that works. And uh, people people seem to enjoy it. So Cameron Johnson if Alexa is on her way out, do you think AEW or Impact will pick up Alexa Bliss? I'm sure that if Alexa were to leave, she'll she'll land somewhere fairly quickly. If she wanted to work somewhere else, I don't know if she does or not. It just I know it just feels to me like she hasn't really been used at all in a long time, and it's just like they're half half assing it with her. I can't imagine she's thrilled about the way that she's been uh, you know booked. So it just feels to me like I don't know. I don't know that she's long for that company. Uh, Maze the Great. Hopefully, after WrestleMania, this damage control nonsense can come to an end because they have been a lost cause for the longest time now. Well, if you didn't, you obviously didn't see the Bailey interview with Ariel Helwani, where she said that she wants to add more members. She says the ideal number would be five or six. And she's been pitching AAA. She had a couple of other names in mind of members that she wants to bring into the group. So I don't know, it doesn't sound to me like uh, damage control is going away anytime soon. What is my favorite WWE storyline? I, I tell you what, the Bloodline stuff is given every other storyline a run for the for a run for its money. Uh, for me, it was uh, it's the Mega Power storyline with Hogan and Savage and Elizabeth. I think that's still that probably still my number one. Uh, the Rock versus Sting, dropping his very first super chat. He, so he's not only a channel member; he is now a he has popped his super chat cherry here on the stream tonight, and dropped nine ninety nine for the uh, little baby Russo on a pole. Hey, the Rock versus Sting. Thank you very much, Mister LH. No more Jeff Jarrett on our TV. Solo, you're the goat. Jeff Jarrett is not going anywhere. Jeff Jarrett, he always finds a way to pop up somewhere. Jeff Jarrett is not going to be going anywhere. He'll be he'll be on AEW television soon enough, as he was last night. He was literally there last night. He's not going anywhere. He was in a tag team championship match last night. Uh, Justin Hesse, a reminder, the Colin Oates hotline still exists. Uh, yes, it does. And uh, I actually have it, believe it or not, I'll give you the number now. I have it programmed into my phone. Uh, for anybody who wants to call, parents get your uh, or kids get your pa- yeah, parents get your kids permission. Uh, if you are international or anything, uh, just you know, be aware this is not a toll free number. But there's a phone number here in the states: seven one nine two six six two eight three seven. Uh. Yeah, 719-266-2837. And it's a hotline called Colin Oates. It's a playoff Hall and Oates, which is my all-time favorite musical act. 
So if you're ever having a bad day or you just want to hear a Hall & Oates song, you call that hotline. You call that hotline and they give you a choice so you can pick uh, from a few songs and it will play the song for you over the phone. So uh, go ahead and try it out. I, I first learned about that probably, I don't know, six or seven years ago. There, <laughs> there's one called Phil Collins. Is that real? I didn't, I didn't know about that. That's awesome. Uh, how much money would I want for five minutes in the ring with Brock Lesnar? All of it. Clone Force, better wrestler, Roman Reigns or MJF? I'm going with Roman. Ro- Roman is the, at, at the moment, Roman is the total package. Uh, you know, he, he, is, he is that guy. So, yes, the answer is Rome. Right now, the answer is Roman Reigns. Uh, am I excited about the World Baseball Classic? I don't really pay attention to it, so not really, no. Fire Panda says, if we all send $100 Super Chats, then Solomonster will get in the ring with Brock for five minutes. I'll get in the ring with Omos for five minutes. How about that? If you if you keep sending all these uh, $100 Super Chats. Uh, Shanti, or Shanti, 06 with the two bucks. Best part, Wyatt's return was the White Rabbit teasers. Yeah, that's what got me invested in his return, where it was all the White Rabbit stuff. Bring back the White Rabbit. Maybe the problem is we got the wrong person. We got Bray Wyatt when really what we all wanted was the White Rabbit. So uh, bring back the Easter Bunny, and I think we'll all be happy. Clone Force, MJF is the better heel than JBL and Bubba Ray was. Or is MJF a better heel than JBL and Bubba Ray? I keep getting these questions comparing one to the other. It's like, you know, Bully, Bully Ray is a great heel. And JBL in his day was a great heel, and MJF is a great heel. MJF is 25, 26? Maybe not even. You know, I mean, JBL, when we talk about JBL and Bubba Ray, we're talking about them, they're already, they were older at that point, they were already established stars. MJF is, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's still getting started. You know, he's got his whole career ahead of him. I can't compare him to... You know, these veterans who have so much more time in the business as heels than him. Ask me that question in, in five or ten years. I'll be able to give you a better answer. All right, so some good uh, good questions, good stuff tonight. Uh, we're about to hit the two-hour mark. So uh, I think we ought to get on out of here. Uh, I'm going to be back with you on Wednesday night. This is going to be the first Dynamite coming out of Revolution. And so we'll see what the stories are that they tease heading into Double or Nothing, which is the next pay-per-view for them coming up at the end of next month. So I'll be here with you live to talk about the show when it is over Wednesday night. Bring the heat. Bring the heat. Bring your Super Chats. Bring your uh, GWO signs. And uh, we'll be back here and do it all over again on Wednesday. If you missed the Revolution review, the full review is up on the channel. If you missed the video from last night, when you're done here, you can go back and check that out. Uh, I thought it was a very very good stream last night and uh, some good uh, interaction with you guys as well. And episode 798 of the podcast is up for your listening pleasure as well. So plenty of content. Be well, stay safe, have yourselves a wonderful Tuesday and the rest of your week. And I will see you back here on Wednesday night for the Dynamite Recap. Until then, take care, guys.